Before we get started, Dead and Married would like to thank those very close to our Dead Black Hearts, our patrons. Thank you to William Rush, Karima Rhodes, my best friend and fellow Tom Atkins lover, Gary Horton, Carissa. Jonathan says thank you. Dr. Sexy himself, Kent Morton. Oh yeah. Kate Lamp, Travis's cowgirl, Lala Thomas. Hey girl. And last but certainly not least, our friends over at the Podmortem Podcast. You can also check out their very own show every Monday on all major platforms. And now, on with the show. Warning, the following show features spoilers and opinions performed either by professionals or under the supervision of professionals. Accordingly, Dead and Married and the producers must insist that no one attempt to recreate or reenact any opinion or fuckery performed on this show. Hey, Ashley. Yes, honey? Wasn't it on One Pillow Talk where somebody sent us a question that was like, what's a movie you've watched? And when you got done, you were like, what the fuck did I just watch? Yeah. This was it. Was it? This was it. Was this one it? Class of Newcomb High. That was the movie where when I got done, I was like, what the fuck did I just watch? I mean, that's fair. I feel like we could compile a list right now. We probably could. This one would be at the top for me, I think. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Welcome to another episode of Dead and Married. I'm Ashley. And I'm Travis. And today we are talking number two in our kind of expanding collection of trauma films, Class of Newcomb High of 1986, directed by Lloyd Kaufman. Aren't they all? (laughs) No, they're not. (laughs) Yeah, I think our collection of trauma movies may end with this. It It may just be two. I still feel like... I might want to try Tromeo and Juliet out of morbid curiosity because I know that's a popular title in their library also. But going through and uh, like, okay, I'll give a shout out to a channel on YouTube called Movie Timelines that I've been watching here lately. And this guy covered the entirety of the Class of Newcomb High series. And after seeing what parts two and beyond looked like, I was like, I think I'm just going to stop at this one. I think that was his, uh, it was his sort of his take too. on it also, yeah. <laughs> was watch the first one and then just stop. Well, because I remember you and I went through and watched all of the Toxic Avenger movies, and I don't recall us not liking any of those as we went, although I don't feel like we've watched the most recent one, probably. No, I don't think so. But I still remember us getting a chuckle out of those. Now, going back and re-watching those might be a different story now that some years have passed, but... As of this moment, I feel like we still probably like those the best of the trauma stuff. Yeah. Well, this is the only this is the only one that I've seen that's not a uh, Toxie. Right. Movie. Right. I think I, I might just have to stick with Toxie. Can I ask what influenced you to pick this one this week? Was it just because it was one we had never seen before? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and one of our listeners said they like this type of movie. Yes. So I thought, well, you know, I mean, if we've got somebody listening in that enjoys this this kind of movie or this, is it a genre? <laughs> Do I call it a genre? And we'd never seen it before, so it was sort of a combination of things. Okay, you you got to stop. I'm I'm gonna make a formal request on the air now that if you have no clue what something is, we probably shouldn't watch them. Or maybe we should watch it before we commit to it. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> Because, and we'll get into it a little bit later, this wasn't a bad movie by any means, but uh, I I don't know. (laughs) Well, I'm trying to not let my uh, 
having watched that movie that, or that YouTube video that went through all of them influenced my take on this one. Right. Because they just get batshit crazy after this. Yes. And this one's pretty bad. Right. But they get worse. Well, it's like, I feel like with all franchises, you get to that point. Like you have the first few or so that are really good. And then by the time you get further on into the series, it starts becoming, this is just straight hot garbage. Like... <clears throat> Even Reanimator, for instance, first one, classic. Second one, still pretty good. By the time you get to be on Reanimator, you're like, what the fuck? I still like the character. Still appreciate that it's Combs playing the character. But this movie is ridiculous. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I... I don't know. The ones that come after this one, it looks like they just took some shots and just smashed them together. It doesn't look like there's any kind of plot. And to a point, this one... Didn't either. I mean, there is a story in there somewhere... <laughs> Well, kind of. I said the same thing when we watched The Toxic Avenger. I was like, is there a plot? Because it just feels like a series of random re random events kind of hobbled together. Yeah, yeah. I, but it... And this was no different. It's it's just strange because you've got... You get a little, a little bit of plot and then just random scenes of yes. weird shit that's just sort of thrown in there. Yes. And it doesn't really forward anything. It's just like, we've got some extra shit laying around the set. Let's do something <laughs> with it. We're just going to throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but we're not the only ones that kind of feel this way. Okay. So if this is a 5.6 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, three, and a half, three out of five on Letterboxd. I don't know what Letterboxd is. It's a, it's like a social ranking system. Okay. And 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I don't know about you, but I kind of feel like all of those numbers are a little too high. See, I feel like they're not low enough. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I think they're too high. Oh, I mean... um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't what, know what, what I'm trying you, to or, say. I don't know what direction you were going with that. <laughs> I just know that, you know, typically if we watch a film, we kind of visit YouTube after the fact and see if our Mount Rushmore of horror reviewers have covered the film in question. And not one person had reviewed this film. And I was like, I think that that might say something, <laughs> you know? I mean, it could be, and I, I know that we tend to fall in this category a little bit. It could be that your horror reviewers tend to review the tried and true staples. You know, they tend to play it safe maybe a little bit. I mean, because even covering something like Reanimator that's a beloved classic, still not a lot of people covered it. You know, I feel like everybody just wants to do Big Three or you know, your more recent fare or your... Um, or the art artsy stuff. Yes. Like, we're going to do Argento or we're going to do, you know. Yeah. And there's um, nothing wrong with those, but there's more to horror than just that. Yeah. And, you know, for everybody that's like, well, you guys have not really covered the big three. Maybe we want a little bit more of that. I will argue that we have done the entire Friday the 13th and Halloween franchises. But yes, we have not exactly covered Freddy. We've not done a whole lot of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And it's for that reason. It gets really frustrating when you watch this bonkers film and you're like, I gotta know what somebody else thinks about this. And you go and nobody's talked about it. And you're like, why? You know, that, that gets a little bit frustrating. I feel like there's a whole lot more out there to horror than just what gets covered 90% of the time. Well, what you end up with is a whole bunch of people all talking about the same thing. Right. Because a lot of those YouTube videos, and I'm not 
throwing rocks at anybody. You can watch five in a row and they're going to give you the same things. Right. You don't get any new information for any of them because especially with the big three, they've been out for so long. Everybody knows their dirty secrets. Right. You're not going to get new information. So you get the same shit from five different sources. Right. And then all you get is going, well, what do I care about your opinion? Because basically at the end of the day, that's all you're left with is what this particular person thinks of it. And you're like, well, why do I give a shit what you think? I always do. I want to know what other people think if, you know, because especially with somebody like Travis who doesn't have the broad stroke of opinion on a lot of these films. I'm like, I got to talk to somebody who's as obsessed with the genre as I am that I've got to know what they think about it. And so, yeah, it's frustrating when there's not more people talking about specific subgenres or particular films. And honestly, this was one of the things that kind of turned me on to Dr. Wolfila's channel in the first place, because while now he does do the more things that people talk about more, when he first started his channel, he was all about just covering those B movies and those little shitty ones that nobody talked about, like Dolly Dearest and stuff like that, you know, and that was great. I kind of am hoping, keeping my fingers crossed, he'll kind of move back into that territory at some point. But for now... Travis and I are covering this schlock and we hope that you guys appreciate it. Well, the other problem with those reviews of, of people just doing the big three or four, 12 or however many big ones there are, is that you're not even going to get a different opinion because at right. the end they're all going to say they love it because they're all afraid of what the fans will do to them if they say that it, eh, it, it was a problem. I didn't really care for it that much. Right, 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 right. They're scared to death to say that. Right. So you can watch them all and at the end they're all going to go, it was the best movie ever made. And vice versa. Like, for instance... I recently started re-watching uh, Hellraiser 2022 and it further cemented in me how much I love that film. Is it perfect? No. Does it have faults? Yes. But it's still a great fucking film and going back and kind of checking out reviews and articles and stuff people shit all over it and I'm like why and so I get really frustrated and that may be a topic back for a pillow talk episode but um basically there's so much out there that needs to be explored then I mean again kind of kind of going back into the reviews a lot of people have even stopped reviewing film now it's all about the horror movie news and that's great if you want if somebody wants to go from say being a YouTube content creator or a podcaster and then you turn around and you want to turn that into being a journalist, that's great. More power to you. But I feel like you're kind of losing that core audience that you got to begin with when you completely do away with doing reviews. Because if you only cover the same films that people have been covering for the last decade and then you just stop there, then you're not doing anything new. We need more content, I guess. If I were, if I had the bravery to be, <laughs> to put myself on camera and be a YouTuber, I absolutely would because I feel like there's so much out there that's been untapped, like trauma for instance. There's so many problems with that. <laughs> Number one, we would we would have opinions about movies that no one would agree with and we would get so much hate. You think so? Yeah. And I have a feeling that we'd get flagged a lot. <laughs> Why do you say that? I don't know. I feel like every time somebody pulled up one of our videos, they, they would get that warning like, do you wish to proceed? <laughs> Are you sure? This guy, guy's growing a huge tit on his chest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just because we uh, with tentacles. <laughs> But one of the advantages, really, for us, and I guess before we move on, is to us being a small podcast uh, with no sponsors. <laughs> no, you know, 
is that we get to say whatever the fuck we want. So that's true. And for our our uh, ride or die patrons out there, I think that's what they appreciate. Yeah, we just say whatever the fuck we want. Yeah, and we're gonna continue to do so. So that being said, let's let's move on to this shit. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> do we have to? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, the lucky, lucky people that got to star in this movie. Uh, Janelle Brady plays Chrissy. Gil Brenton played Warren. Robert Pritchard Pritchard, uh, plays Spike, one of the Cretans. And that's not me being hateful. Cretans is the name of the gang. So, before you get on your horse and ride, that's that's just what they're called in this film. That is no insult towards the intelligence of these people. Pat Ryan, who was the, he was the mayor uh-huh. in uh, the first Toxic Avenger. He is the nuclear power plant foreman. President. Manager, president. Yeah. Whatever. The head of. One. He plays Mr. Paley. He's in this movie for about 30 seconds. Um, Talking about farts. Yeah. <laughs> Wet farts, dry farts. He covers, he runs the whole gamut of flatulence. Um James Nugent Vernon plays Eddie. Brad Dunker plays Gonzo. Gary Schneider, who was also in the first Toxic Avenger movie. He was Bozo in that one. Mm -hmm. In this one, he's Pete. Uh, Theo Cohen plays Muffy. Gary Rosenblatt is Greg. Mary Taylor is Judy. I'm lost now. Rick Howard plays Spud. <laughs> Lauren Heather McMahon is Taru. And I'm going to stop there because there's like 63 people in this movie. Right. This movie was directed by Richard W. Haynes and Lloyd Kaufman. Uh, Lloyd Kaufman, he he owns Troma, right? Yes, yes. So he's involved with all of it. It was written by Richard W. Haynes, uh, Mark Rudinsky, and Lloyd Kaufman. That's, that's all I got. <laughs> that's it. That's all I got. So, first impressions. Are you asking this, me? Yes, because normally we would we would segue into what are your what are your memories with this? But this was a first time watch for both of us, so knee jerk reaction. Oh, so I remember the first time I watched this. <laughs> a few hours ago, I was ago. like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> really, I should have done some research before I chose this movie. <laughs> um, I don't know. First impressions, just. Like, they start off with a story, and then they, they stick with it for, like, the first 10 minutes, and then the Cretans get introduced, and it goes completely off the rails. Right. To me. Uh-huh. I mean, you've got kind of a high school drama thing going on, and then it just kind of goes batshit crazy for a little while. Right. And then you come back to it, and then you go crazy again, and then you come back to it, and then you go crazy again. And then you get to the end, and you're like, I don't even know what's happening anymore. Right. Yeah, pretty much. How about you? <sighs> I don't know. I I, th- I feel like it's kind of a mixed bag. Like, on one hand, I've decided that I have the utmost respect for Lloyd Kaufman because when it comes to film, he has a completely and totally punk rock attitude toward it. He The, the guy just get, does, he gives no fucks. He just does whatever the fuck he wants to do. If it's offensive, he's going to put it in. If it's gross, he's going to put it in. If he thinks it's funny, he's going to put it in. If it doesn't make sense, who the fuck cares? He's going to put it in. He just kind of throws the, the guide out the window when it comes to filmmaking. And so for that, I think that's really cool. But at the same time, sometimes I feel feel like when you don't at least have something cohesive that gels really well it doesn't always make for the most pleasant viewing experience and for that or because of that I actually fell asleep watching this movie twice 
Same. <laughs> so, because the pacing is all over the place. It, and I, I think we said that about the Toxic Avenger also, that, you know, you may be balls to the wall one minute and then the next minute it lulls all over the place. So, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this one upon first watch. It may take a few more watches, except I'm not sure that I want to. You'll be doing that alone. <laughs> Need I remind you again that this was your pick? You know, you don't need to remind me. <laughs> I will live with that shame forever. See, he always does this thing where he's like, you always pick the movies and I don't get to pick movies. He does the same thing in the car when it comes to music. He's like, you always get to pick the music and I never get to pick the music. That's because in most things I have better taste than he does. You are so, so wrong. No. Um, when it comes to music. Example. You are wrong. <laughs> right now so you listen to me you live longer oh no Just go with that you do not get to use indiana jones against me you've not even watched most of those i don't want to hear you no oh my gosh no, the only thing that is consistent through these films i would say and is there inconsistency well no is kaufman's got some pretty interesting political beliefs um, and I think we talked about it when we did Toxic Avenger that right. he was highly influenced by his socialist grandmother. Um, and this is, it's kind of, that carries over. You can see it in this one where you've got like big business, a big corporation that's kind of putting it to the little guy and then the little guy has to rise up and overcome it. Um, so clearly he's not a fan of big businesses, big governments. Pollution? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a big fan of pollution, but that's about it. His, his politics seem to be the only thing that's consistent in his film. Right. So, but yeah, I agree with you there. I will I say. Mean, he's brave enough to just do whatever the hell he wants. And I will say um, in terms of the story, one thing that I did find fun about this one, and, and this was something I came up with after the fact of watching it, was I kept getting this vibe throughout the film. Like it reminded me of the old after school specials you used to watch, right? Where you'd have 50s Timmy or whatever that's the clean cut good boy and oh no what's going to happen when T Timmy experiences or experiments with drugs or drinking or having sex that kind of thing this is what that felt like to me because I feel like all the bases are covered in this right it's an after school special by way of Lloyd Kaufman talking about the dangers of pollution, the dangers of drug use, the dangers of premarital sex, and basically like kind of like Friday the 13th, something bad is going to happen if you do these things. So it felt like that. Adding to one more thing that I appreciate about his filmmaking is as much as I love and actively seek out and collect Shout and Scream Factory Blu-rays where they go back and they remaster everything and it looks so great and it sounds so great and you've got all these special features talking about the making of stuff and you're like, oh, this is amazing. I have not seen anything done like that to any of these trauma films. So by going through and having it feel like it takes place in the 50s or 60s or something. Or in the early 80s. But you also add in that element of we're not doing anything cinematography wise or cleaning up anything. You have cigarette burns that go off in the corner. You have color palettes that are odd. You have drained color in some places. It feels like somebody just dug up the, the reels out of the ground <laughs> and plugged them in. And so that makes it more atmospheric. It looks like a grindhouse 
type of film. And so I think that adds to the enjoyment of it. Yeah, I thought it was really cool when we were seeing cigarette burns pop up right. in the film. Because most of the time they go, they take pains to get rid of those. Uh-huh. Um, as far as the reels getting dug up, I totally agree. Someone probably did try to bury those and hide this. <laughs> <clears throat> they just didn't hide it very well. But speaking of the story, so the story goes like this. In the beginning, <laughs> there was a nuclear power plant. And... They were talking about it having waste, and it's too close to the high school, and it's going to leak into the groundwater. And the the guy that's the president, he doesn't give a wet fart what they have to say about it. <laughs> and cut to the school, and you've got Dewey. I think his name was Dewey. Well, you first of all, you can see the toxic waste coming up from the ground around the perimeter oh, of yeah. the school. It immediately pops up everywhere. Yes. Like, they're like, hey, we've got a leak. And it's like, there's a glowing pond in front of the high school. Right. That's a quarter mile away. So, yeah. Happens immediately. Um, yeah. So Dewey <laughs> he doesn't even know what to say. I don't know how to go yeah. into this. So your first exposure really to toxic waste is this guy named Dewey. And he goes and gets a drink out of the water fountain. And it turns from clean water into sludge. He goes to class. The teacher's acting was amazing. <laughs> she did a great... I don't know what the fuck she was doing when she when she read these lines. It was It was pretty bad. Um, I well, hope, I hope that I never have to act in anything right. on screen because people are going to say the same shit about me. <laughs> They're going to be like, what the fuck was he doing? He's so bad. I did not heed her. I did not. I did not. Oh, hi, hi Mark. Mark. <laughs> That'll be me. Anyway, but cheep, he's, cheep, 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 he's, Dewey's clearly in distress and kind of acted funny. And then he, they, like the alarm goes off for them to evacuate or it was, it's a test for them to evacuate. And so he gets in line behind, I think his name was Greg. And it's like he's on drugs. He just starts like rubbing his face. Yes. Yeah. Dewey just starts rubbing Greg's face and his hair. And Greg, and then he goes full zombie yeah. on him and starts trying to like eat him. And he's got green shit coming out of his mouth. I did like the effect of the green goo shooting out of his ears. Well, it, this part cracked me up so bad because it made me, you know, as the parent of three kids who have all at some point been toddlers, they do that thing where they're constantly touching you. Their hands are constantly in your face and you're like, please stop. So it made me think of that. Just the constant, like, you know, it's like in face off that thing that John Travolta does where he just, Rubs a hand down the center of your yeah. face. I'm going to take your face <laughs> off. Yeah. So it was really funny. <laughs> but everything that we go to, like our big setup here, feels like it's right out of the Toxic Avenger playbook, right? This opening sequence. It's almost identical. The first death. The, the death sequence is almost identical. Yeah. Because he does, he rubs his face and then he takes him down and tries to eat him. I like that. And then he takes off running and jumps out a window. I like that Greg's like, was it something I said? Yeah. But he takes off, jumps out a window, and lands on the ground. The shot of him jumping out of the window is- I think it's the same shot. It's literally the same as Melvin jumping out the window. I think so. Just Uh, not landing in a vat of toxic waste. (laughs) No. But he does. He burns again. Uh Uh-huh. Same deal. He's down there on the ground, writhing around, like doing this Three Stooges running in circles thing while you're laying on your side. I don't know. And- (laughs) <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking about. I was in my mind automatically went to Gandalf in that little ear spin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the one. So it's all exactly the same, except this time he dies. Right. But now we'll say the practical effect there uh, of the the remains, the burning remains, that was pretty good. Yeah. Well, it was it was pretty juicy. We can't do it. So and then you go and there's radiation suit people all over the fucking high school and the kids are still there. Yeah. Like they're walking around students with Geiger counters. I, I, 
have to what say, the fuck? I have to say, this is the skankiest high school I've ever seen in my life. Like, you know, when you go into a place and it's either a hole in the wall restaurant or it's a tattoo parlor or somewhere to get your hair done and you're going because maybe it's the most affordable place or whatever. But as soon as you get in there, you're going, well, there's some rotting ceiling tiles. There's clearly some water damage in here. The tiles on the floor are fucked up. You know, maybe the food's really good. That that's what this high school Listen, reminded me when of. When they were giving us the tour through the high school, I kept waiting for them to start playing Coolio and for Michelle Pfeiffer to walk into a classroom. <laughs> it was awful. It awful, was, awful. It was pretty bad. And I mean there there were people like they may as well have been fucking in the hallways like well, there was two of them practically fucking on the sidewalk out in front of the high school. Right, yeah. Like they were laying down on the sidewalk making yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, it just absolutely atrocious school <laughs> but yeah so after this kid dies you go back to the nuclear power plant and the the plant manager's walking out and they're saying well you know it had something to do with the plant and he was like no 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 no, it's safe this plant's going to be here long after you are and everything's good that's probably but fair. i did hear that the kid did have two microwave ovens <laughs> wait a minute is he trying to say that having two microwaves will cause you to commit suicide and then spontaneously combust i have no idea i just i don't understand but then we're back to the school and eddie and kathy are in the basement making out and sludge drips on her but she's like the only person in the whole movie <laughs> where toxic sludge gets on her and nothing happens exactly but what cracked me up at the scene was there were boxes of survival crackers, survival crackers. <laughs> i was like what the fuck are survival crackers that's it. Those are power bars. That's what those are. Those are power bars. You ever eaten one? We're never going to get sponsored by Power Bar now. That's a survival cracker right there. That shit would survive nuclear waste. Yeah, he ended up with survival cracker and sludge all over his face. But nothing happened to him. Nothing. But she sits up, and I don't know what she thought he did when that shit dripped on her stomach, but she just slaps the shit out of him. Yeah. Like it was his fault. Yeah, it was like that full-on vine where the guy's sitting on the floor with the iPad, and the girl walks up behind him and just slaps the shit out of his she, face. Yeah, ah! she just sat straight up and just whopped the hell out of him. <laughs> Damn. She's got a mean left on her. But yeah, nothing happened to either of them after coming into that's contact That's not the them. first time something like that's going to come up. Yeah. I, it doesn't... There's a lot of inconsistencies know. in this film. And then you get kind of introduced to the Cretans. And one of them has got like... Uh, what are those metal hoops that you use in crafting? And you like make a little picture. I don't know. Like an embroidery hoop? Is that what I'm thinking? I guess. Well, he's got, one through, he's got one through his ring. nose. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's wearing a like a football mouthpiece. Yeah. A mouth guard. And he he makes these really strange high-pitched hooting noises through most of the movie. Not just that. He also, like, howls and... He's... That's Gonzo. He's really weird. Yeah. Um, And, of course, Spike, played by Robert Pritchard, is the same guy that played... One of Bozo? Bozo's cronies in... Um, oh, I thought it was Bozo. No, no, no. Bozo plays... I don't remember. <laughs> he's the one that had the... He's got a big blonde, like, braid that he's petting it like it's an animal. Yeah. Kind of looks like maybe it is an animal. I don't he know. He was the guy that was like, you're stressing me out. Yeah, yeah. This is not him. This was the sidekick for the stressed out guy, Robert yeah. Pritchard. Well, he's plays, he plays Spike in this. And, yeah, they're assaulting this kid because he owes them money. Yeah. And Muffy... Well, they sell weed, yeah. so apparently he's behind on his payment yeah bitch i want my money where's my money right right but muffy is like spike's girlfriend <laughs> but she feels like she needs to grab every guy by the dick when she walks up to him oh is his name pete yes i think so I think okay that's right. sorry so here's the okay all right let me just step aside for a moment and explain something 
They don't always explicitly state their names in this film. And on IMDb, there are no pictures for most of the cast. Right, right, right. So we're just trying to piece it together based on subtitles. And when the subtitle put a name in front of the person speaking, yes. that's how we kind of had to identify who it was. Right. I also want to say that I didn't notice mostly until I watched this film, the level of sexual assaults that happen. Because if you were just watching this without that knowledge, the first thing I did was laugh because this girl's idea of punishment was to grab this guy by the crotch and like kiss him on the neck and chest and I was like ooh you can abuse that, you can a, abuse me any day that, that's a big punishment or whatever it made me think of um leprechaun in space where that chick would take her top off as punishment right like oh my god that's the worst thing you can do but then i was like okay if you're thinking of it in today's climate that would be sexual assault absolutely so yeah i just it's it's just funny how that shit has changed depending on what lens you look at it well, through. Now, to be fair in this film no one's safe everyone gets sexually assaulted <laughs> yes. by everyone else either by a dick grab or an unwanted kiss no one's safe right no one no one men but, women alike all of them yeah so they beat up the nerd and she like headbutts him and then stomps on his dick yes it clearly was a big dick because and, it squished like a stuffed animal <laughs> but she like puts her head she like leans forward and puts her head down makes cow noises <laughs> Like, scrapes her feet on the ground like she's getting ready to charge and then headbutts him in the stomach. Yes. At one point, her head is between his legs. And his head's between her legs. Yes. And she's, like, getting off on it or whatever. Yeah. It's, and then I she don't, bounces his head off the wall. Yes. <laughs> People pay money for shit like that now. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but I'm no just saying. No judgment. No judgment. No judgment, but people will pay other people to do that to them nowadays, I think. So anyway. And the they... fucked up thing about the Cretans is at some point, well, they say six months ago, these kids were the Honor Society. Yeah, they were National Honor Society students. Yeah, they were like on the debate team or they were the head of science clubs or, you know, basically I these were all. they were all athletes. <laughs> basically, they were all upstanding students and were led to believe that the chemical plant being across the street is what has made them transition into this. Yeah, they don't ever explicitly state that. It's just sort of implied. But later, we go outside, there's a bake sale, and Gonzo, the guy with the hoop through his nose, rides his motorcycle through a cake table, and he gets cake all over him until this motorcycle stops, <laughs> and then he's perfectly clean like nothing ever happened. Right. Nothing. At the beginning of the shot, a little fun fact here, I was watching an interview with Lloyd Kaufman. He was saying that his wife and child, and if you look, there's a woman holding a baby at a certain point behind that uh, bake sale table, um, before when the motorcycle goes gunning for that table, he said that it just barely missed his wife and child. And he was like, oh, that was close. <laughs> if you look in the shot, though, they're already gone. But yeah, yeah. during the filming of it, he almost got his child and wife nailed by a motorcycle. Yeah, but was it an accident, really? <laughs> Or was it like, hey, stand here. This is the safest place. I mean, you've probably thought about having me take it out with a motorcycle once or twice. More than once or twice. So, moving <laughs> on. Shh. It's not a secret now. <laughs> so, anyway, afterwards, they go to the nuclear power plant. The Cretans, a handful of the Cretans, go to the nuclear power plant to buy weed from this guy. I guess he's their supplier. And you can see the marijuana plants literally growing out of a right puddle on of the toxic property. waste. Yeah. There's there's toxic waste leaking all over it. it. So he gives them a joint and the joint is orange. Yes. It's orange. Yeah. It's like they rolled it in construction paper. <laughs> yeah. And maybe they or, did. Or, or uh, what do you call know. it? Paper mache. Yeah. 
So then they sell it. They sell it for like $10 back at the school to Eddie. Uh-huh. Because they, they say they're going to get an atomic An atomic guy. Yeah. But Eddie doesn't really have a choice but to buy it because basically every person they sell to, they kind of just beat them up a little bit and then say, give us $10 and we're going to give you a joint. Yeah. And then later it goes to $20. Right. Yeah. Because of inflation. Right. And- <laughs> So they go to this party and it's an indoor beach party and all the girls are supposed to wear bikinis. I will say that given the amount of bikini on screen in this film, there weren't as much, there wasn't as much nudity in this film as I kind of expected. Yeah, there, I was, I don't want to say pleasantly surprised and sound like a prude or anything, but I was surprised at the lack of nudity and sex that was in this film. There's a lot of implied sex, but there's only like one real sex scene and there's only what, two instances of a topless girl? Right. It felt like there was a lot more in the Toxic Avenger. There was more dick grabbing than toplessness in this. Right. But no, I mean, really, on, on first watch, when it comes up and you look at how they have all the all the women in the movie dressed, mm-hmm. you think, okay, at some point, all of these women are going to be running around half naked. Right. And they're not. Yeah. There was, there was like a case of one chick rolling through the party topless who was acting kind of cracked out of her mind. Yeah, she was acting drunk. She was getting trailed by a bunch of guys. Yeah. Because sexual harassment's <laughs> funny in the 80s. Oh, my gosh. Is that character's name Eddie, the one that you kept calling Shelly? Yes, because he looks like Shelly from the... That was basically his entire character throughout was just uh, talking, he was saying awful things about women. He was Stifler with a perm. Right. Yes, pretty much. That's it. And, you know, you can't help but now sit there and go, ah, ha, 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 horny, nerdy guy. Funny, funny. Yeah. He he got old real fast. He did. So they've got their orange joint and they're basically, it's just a bunch of guys that are drunk and a bunch of girls that are drunk, either making out or the girls are chasing the guys or the guys are chasing the girls. Like that's the whole party until they light up this joint. And Warren, I spelled his name way wrong (laughs) in the notes. Well, I was going to say something that we have not brought up yet is that Warren and Chrissy are our main characters. Yeah, and they're both like straight out of Leave it to Beaver. Right. Yeah, they've got the matching Letterman jackets and, you know, they're they're supposed to be our very clean cut, we're going to college, you know, students, you know. And the whole thing that everybody's trying to have happen here is that they have not had sex yet. So everybody on both ends, I was appreciative of that. Everybody on both ends is talking about how they need to smash already. And he was... And he, you know, being a good boy, quote, good boy, is saying, well, you know, I don't, she's really shy and I don't want to force her into it. And then you find out on the other end that Chrissy's like, she wants it too. And she's like, but he's shy and I don't want to seem too pushy. So I I was glad about that, that it wasn't the old, you know. It wasn't just the guy trying to pressure the girl. Yes, yes, yes. It was clearly shown that both parties were interested, but maybe not quite ready to do that yet. Right. So Eddie's bright idea here is that he's going to make them smoke this joint so that they'll go fuck (laughs) yeah which it works they both smoke a little bit of this orange joint and get high and then they well see here's the inconsistency just like the sludge falling on the girl's stomach you have another girl there who also takes the hit of the joint nothing happens nothing ever happens to her no nothing happens so that didn't make sense to me because every time somebody takes a drag this music sting plays like oh my god this something bad's gonna happen but nothing ever happens to her right so it didn't make any sense right but after sexy time which clearly they weren't using protection (laughs) <laughs> irresponsible children they go home they're both feeling sick warren has the boner dream and chrissy has the noodle dream yeah so you're just gonna glide right through this right i've glide got right more extensive what? notes well, then here you do it 
Yeah. They they go to bed. I mean, they leave each other from the date pretty happy since they boned or whatever. Well, I was going to talk about the dream. I was just laying the groundwork. Okay. Okay. Go so, yes, it. they start having, like, they're hallucinating, they think, but it's these this nightmare. or No, no, no. They think they're having nightmares. They think they're hallucinating. But in reality, what's happening is they're basically having a dream of the night's events, what has happened to them with this weird inverted filter thing happening in the background. And they're basically talking, hearing everything about their friends saying, well, you can't get pregnant the first time you have sex. And Warren's face transforms, alters, it's all fucked up looking. He goes about 30% Toxic Avenger. Yes, yes. And then stops. And then, yeah, he gets Dreamwood. <laughs> Yeah, I guess, but it looks like there's a person standing yes, on the bed between his legs. I was going to say that. It looks like somebody just stood up in his bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course, the blanket's over him. So right. it's not like he had the guy from Guar laying down in, in <laughs> yeah. there. And then on Chrissy's end, she's getting this big pregnant belly with this little weird tentacle thing pop out of it, which made me think of, um, fuck, uh, from beyond that little weird dog dick stalk thing that grows out of Jeffrey comes his head. <laughs> dog dick. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Yeah. And, and then go back to Warren. He grows like one. He, he grows a titty. Boob. And it also has a tentacle come out of it. Yes. It's so fucking weird. Yes. <laughs> and then they both wake up and they're both perfectly fine. They're both okay. So they're just like, whoa, you know, think they're, I mean, yes, it is the weed's fault essentially, but they're right. not thinking of it in terms of there was something wrong with the weed. They're just thinking, oh my God, what right. the fuck's wrong with this weed? So I guess the next day at school, you've got a German teacher standing outside her class and Spike walks up, speaks to her in German because I, I read about this it guy. Very nice. He was really German yeah. and spoke German very well. Yes. I have no idea what he said. Very smooth. And it was, but it was very sexy. Yes. And then he makes out with her a little bit. And then in perfect English says, I hope I'm not late. <laughs> Loved that. Hope I'm not late. After he kisses her against her will, he's like, I hope I'm not late. Yeah, well, that turns her into a cretin. Yes. Because you just get like a smash cut to her in the bathroom putting on makeup and lingerie. Fish, yeah, fishnet leggings and like leopard leggings over those leggings. It didn't right. make any sense. But and then painting her face, which I gotta say, her makeup job was pretty fucking it was, cool. It was pretty and good. And admittedly, she was pretty hot. So she was. I, I wasn't mad at it. So here's the thing, though. How many people in this school has Spike touched? Just touched. I, I don't know. And like he basically kisses everyone he walks by. Right. He, she he does. Muffy does. There's an exchange of bodily fluids somewhere. She's yes. the only one that turned into a cretin. Right. So it's another inconsistency. Uh huh. It didn't make sense. I just I don't want him <laughs> making out with me like that. It was really aggressive. I. He looked rough. You don't want to turn into a sexy road warrior I don't want for to wear Mad Max? Fishnets. <laughs> I don't. Meanwhile, Warren's staggering around his house because you don't get a lot from school that day necessarily. Right. Um, Warren comes home. He's feeling ill. He's having his like Spider-Man transformation moment. Like that's what mm -hmm. you're thinking. You know, he's not feeling good. He's staggering through the house and then he's getting a headache. Like he's having an attack from scanners or something. And then he can turn on electric appliances with his mind. Like he's walking through the living room and radio comes on and lights come on. And I have no idea how that tied into the rest of the film. I, I don't either. I thought they were going to go somewhere with that. <laughs> I didn't. He walks in the living room. Everything that's electronic comes on. It's basically everything's just getting so, uh, set up for there's something wrong with this guy. Right. And from there we go to uh, Spike and Pete stealing a purse, which I thought this was Kind of funny. I did think this was a little funny. It's it's Kaufman has a thing with old people getting beat up in his films, and 
it's not funny, but it is funny. <laughs> no, it's funny. It's it's funny because Spike just knocks the shit out of this old lady. Because they're they're doing a bit right where Pete puts an Alka Seltzer tab in his mouth and starts convulsing, or not Pete. It was Spike. it was Spike. Yeah, and he starts convulsing on the ground. And Pete's like, he needs something soft to put in his mouth. And then uh, Spike's like, get the pocketbook. Yeah, fucking pocketbook. Yeah, fucking pocketbook. And so he takes the lady's purse and then sticks it or pretends like he's going to stick it in his mouth. But then as soon as he grabs purse, they're both like, hey, (laughs) we got your purse. And she starts horrifically screaming. And then he goes over and just punches the shit out of her. Well, he walks up and just spits a mouthful of (laughs) Alka-Seltzer foam on her. Yes. And then just gives her the meanest right cross. Just not, and then, and then he doesn't stop there. He proceeds to go like full. Don't be a menace to South Central, where they're like dancing around in a circle on top of that guy. Right, right, right. He's basically doing that to an old lady. He just keeps <laughs> keeps going. But while he's doing that, I guess Pete goes into this alleyway where he meets some little dude named Beethoven. Yeah. And they're kind of talking about it, like where the fuck is Spike? And then here comes Warren, and he's in full Hulk mode right now. Yes. So at some point he went from Electro Man to <laughs> Toxic thirty percent Toxic Avenger. <laughs> yeah. His and his he, head's like bubbling and it almost doesn't look like the same actor. It looks like they got two completely different. Uh, it may guys. have been a stuntman, I don't know. <laughs> and um he's foaming green from the mouth, so Pete is like, Hey, don't try that Alka Seltzer bit. I know what you're up to <laughs> which made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I know what you're doing. But then he like, he beat, bounces Beethoven, this little leather jacket, which is funny when he's walking up the way Be- Beethoven looks at him. He's just like, huh? <laughs> like looking at Pete like, huh? Are you sure about this? So he bounces him off the wall and kills him. And then he proceeds to fist Pete. Okay. I've got to interject because I'm noticing something happening. The more we're talking about this film, the more we're laughing. Maybe so... it's not as bad. Yeah, it is as bad. It's still just as bad as we said it was up front. <laughs> It's funnier talking about it than it is watching it. But yeah, he like goes elbow deep in Pete down his throat. Yes. That's not where you guys thought I was going with that, did you? Yeah, in my notes I have it as the throat gag. Pete got fisted. I think you just like talking about fisting. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so we cut again. Uh, Oh, at some point Spike comes up and just gets bitch slapped and he's unconscious. Yeah. But so from the beat down, Chrissy's getting sick during cheerleading practice, but the coach thinks it's great. She's telling all the other cheerleaders they need to be more enthusiastic and Chrissy's like, ah! Well, the teacher was like sticking her butt out and then she was like, you need to stuck your stomachs, suck your- Suck in your stomach like I do. (laughs) Stomachs, except she used plural stomachs because that made me laugh. Like, I was like, is she saying that like, hey, use guys? you know jersey or whatever or does she mean stomachs implying that she has multiple because of roles so i couldn't figure it out and it made me laugh anyway wow you just offended so many people i didn't mean to <laughs> and you told well, never mind you made me cut the shit hey, I talk- i'm walking in yeah you made me cut the shit i was talking about <laughs> new jersey last time because <laughs> i got i got crazy shit about new jersey which, hey, listen, I love Kevin Smith, so I it's saying, fine. I don't think we it's, have any listeners from New Jersey yet, so. We sure as fuck don't now. <laughs> I love Clerks, I love Kevin Smith, so Hey, well, you know what happened. Personal. We ended up losing our Canadian listeners, so. One of them? That's the only one? That's because we stopped covering Canadian movies. Anyway, so right. she gets sick and runs to the bathroom, and she's having like a, you think it's another pregnancy hallucination? <laughs> but then she spits up a demon tadpole. Yeah, I 
broke down. I'm like, is it. this um, cause it's a little spiky thing with teeth, cut very reminiscent of alien. Was it, it a tadpole or sperm? Yeah, I had it like sperm tadpole. Not sure what the hell's going on here. It was very aggressive, whatever it was. Yeah, and she flushes it down the toilet. Now this begins the scene where I laughed the hardest in the entire movie because she flushes it down the toilet. It starts going through the pipes of the school, and we cut to the lunchroom the back of the lunchroom where a couple of lunch ladies are washing to dishes. To the kitchen. To the kitchen, whatever. And it pops out of the sink and the two lunch ladies reaction was just the funniest fucking shit I'd ever seen in my life because they're both standing there just mouth agape. They're not screaming. They're not trying to defend themselves. They're just looking at it like, this is the craziest shit I've ever seen. Okay, you know what it reminded me of? <laughs> the look on both of their faces. We may have to cut this. <laughs> you know how the little rascals when yes! it gets... When they get surprised by something. Yes. And so you got like all five of those boys there like, yes. huh? With their mouth open. That is exactly, I cannot believe you said that because that was the exact thought I had. I was like, it's fucking little rascal face. I was thinking, well, I w- I'll get more specific. I was thinking of uh, Buckwheat specifically. Because God damn it, I this, knew you were going to go. There's this face that he makes and I can't remember what scene it was. If it was the pickles or whatever, but yes, it was Buckwheat in particular. He made this face like, oh, and it made me think of that. And I was just, I was laughing my entire ass off. So the tadpole proceeds to then throw the dishes out of the sink. I don't understand this. (laughs) How? how? It didn't have hands, but it basically pops up in the sink. They get surprised. It throws all the dishes out and then just goes back down. And again, they never do anything to fight it off. They just continue to stand there with their mouths open. They don't even fucking run away. They're just like, what is this shit? (laughs) It's, yeah, it's pretty awesome. But it goes back down the drain and eventually comes out in a barrel of toxic waste because they just have an open pipe in the basement or in the fallout shelter. Sorry. And Why do you have a fallout shelter in your high school is what I, I want to know. know. Well, I mean, there is a, a nuclear reactor like, what, a quarter mile away? You know what we need to do is go because there is a town really close to us. Where there is a nuclear reactor. Yes, we live yes. like 12 miles from one. So we do, yeah. Maybe we should pay more attention to these trauma movies. And they look like two big boobs. But the, they do look like two big old titties. Um, anyway, maybe we should go to the high school at that town and be like, hey, do you have a fallout shelter? Because <laughs> they're pretty fucking close. Or maybe we should just start filming our own trauma spinoffs in that location. We are close enough to this thing that if it went off, we would never know that it went off. Right. So a blessing or a curse, you decide. Anyway, after that... We get to a bathroom fight. It's again, like, there's this nerd in the bathroom. Sorry, I said nerd. In the bathroom taking a leak. Muffy goes in. We find out that she can pee standing up as well. And from the look on the nerd's face, it's because she also has a penis. And I don't then she starts know that she necessarily. I don't know that she necessarily has a penis. Maybe she totally shook it off when she got done. She did, but <laughs> maybe this is a situation like raw. That's true. <laughs> that girl could just pee standing up. That's true. Maybe it is. Either way, she did. It freaked the nerd out, and of course, she does the same thing she always does. She like grabs him by the dick, starts licking his neck. <laughs> Until the rest of the Cretans come in, which it was uh, Gonzo and Spike. Yeah, and I think uh, Spike was like, I can't take you anywhere. I can't leave you alone for a minute or something. And they're trying to force him to buy weed as well. They're like, you're going to buy this weed. Yeah, now it's 20 bucks. That's when they talk about inflation. But then Warren shows up and he... (sighs) 
So th- he never hulks out again. In the alleyway is the last time you see him hulk out. Right. It so never happens again. Did the weed wear off? Was yeah. this not a permanent status for him? Yeah. What the fuck? It doesn't make any sense. That Because that's never honestly went- what I was waiting for was him yeah. to go into the bathroom, hulk out, and just like smash right. these guys. But he didn't. I thought the same thing. I was I was sitting in my mind thinking, oh, okay, this so this is just Toxic Avenger again. Right. And then that never happened. He only does that one time and it never happens again. But to be fair, he holds his own pretty well against uh-huh. these two guys. He rips Gonzo's nose rings out. Right. Which, that would fucking hurt. Yeah, it would. A lot, I think. Uh, but then they finally jump him and they're getting, they, they're basically giving him a swirly. They got his head in the toilet when, I forget what the, the teacher's name was. He, this is the only time he's in the movie. He pops in and he busts him up and he sees Gonzo stand there holding, looks like a cow femur. Like mm-hmm. one of those extra large dog bones that you admire, like the real bones. And he says, this is going on your permanent record. And I'm thinking, of all the shit that they've done... <laughs> Him carrying a big fucking bone around is what you're going to put on his permanent record? I just kept waiting for him to go, stop touching my magic bone. I know. <laughs> it just didn't make sense. And then even even in the when they get to the principal's office and they're showing the principal, they're like, and he had this. And he holds a fucking bone. He's like, that's going on your permanent record. I'm like, God, what's the deal with this bone? And his line delivery cracked me up too because he, he was like, and he also had this yeah. or something. He like would say a few words and then he dramatically paused and then would say a couple it's more It's like words. he was delivering Dr. Evil lines or something it just didn't make any damn sense but they get basically kicked out of school and they're like you can't kick us out because it's a free country and we'll just come right back and then they start singing the national anthem yeah (laughs) which i was like i don't understand what the purpose of that was is going on here that was their patriotism i guess i I don't i don't know i don't understand (laughs) and here's the deal so now you've got a bunch of adults dressed as Mad Max throwouts, singing the National Anthem in a principal's office. Uh-huh. These people are all clearly in their late 20s and they're playing high school students. Right. I right. just want to be clear about that. At no point do you go, hmm, man, young people make poor decisions. You're like, hmm, no. People that are old enough to have a job in a house and a car make bad decisions. Yeah. Because, yeah, some of them might have even been in their 30s. I don't know. But they were not high school age right, at all. Right, right. Um, from there we go to the nuclear reactor. And even they're falling out at this point. They're uh-huh. like collapsing and falling out and shit. The school's getting inspected. Now there's guys in radiation suits or biohazard suits all over the place. And the school's still open. Uh-huh. It was like they closed down one biology class. Yeah. And, and then one wing of the school and then they're is like, closed well, down. Well, you know, we're going to shut down the east wing. Yeah. Like, what? Because now the Cretans are going to take over the school. Uh Uh-huh. So. And meanwhile, little sperm monster has left the pipes and has landed into another vat of toxic waste. Which is being stored in the fallout bunker in the basement of the school. Yes. And then turns into a full-blown spiky monster. Yeah, but we don't see that just yet. So... Yeah, they've, the Cretans have got this whole plan. They grab Chrissy. They take her to the basement where she gets molested by some woman with red hair. Taru. Taru. Yes. Yeah, and apparently that was like a big threat. We're going to take her to Taru. Uh-huh. I'm like, who the hell is that? Like, we've watched this whole movie. We've been watching this shit for 80 minutes, and I still have not seen this person. Why is she such a huge threat? Right. Has she been down there the whole time? Where was she when those two kids were fucking getting sludge dripped on them? Yeah. Who is Taru? Yeah, just she's going to fill you wearing, up and rub ketchup on you. It's just some chick with a bikini top and red hair. Yeah. <laughs> It's not, it's nothing to write home about. <laughs> 
she just she got lost maybe i don't know but they take her down there and wait we skipped a part did we yes we did what? because while the inspection was taking place at the school that dude goes down there and he was one of the inspectors so there's no radiation down here oh, pulls yeah, his yeah, mask yeah. off and he was smoking a cigarette inside his gas mask and the tadpole thing grabs him and pulls him in uh-huh. but you still didn't like fully see the yeah because he thing. scratched his forehead yeah real good yeah you didn't really see the tadpole thing but he did pull him in there so there has been a death uh-huh. then we go to them being down there in the basement yeah so yeah they like take chrissy's necklace off and spike cuts her hand with a knife and rubs some blood on it and then for whatever reason taru rubs this ketchup all over herself no that's the blood that's what i'm saying the blood oh, no, looks i know like it's ketchup. supposed to be blood but she's rubbing <laughs> she, it's fucking heinz yeah. okay the good stuff <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha. You did. I'm sorry. In the glass the bottle. Stuff. In the glass bottle, it won't come out. No matter how hard you shake it, it's not happening. Oh my god! You remember those commercials? Good things come to those who wait. And it was just one of those glass ketchup bottles. Like I'm fixing to just break this damn bottle. Anyway, so sure enough, they take. We're gonna pause for just a moment. Okay. So Ashley has recovered from her food porn meltdown. I have. Sort of. So after the ketchup incident. (laughs) Don't start. Don't start again. They set off the evacuation alarm. All right. Everybody's out. They get the bloody amulet to Warren. And for whatever reason, my autocorrect has corrected that to Warren. (laughs) Every time I type Warren into the notes on my phone, it says Warren. Warren. So Warren goes into the school. And the Cretans are just trashing the shit out of it. Oh my god. I have tears. Can you please the, stop? The problem is, is that part of their trashing has clearly been set up like, here's a convenient stack of books on top of a desk so that some guy can walk up and kick them over. It's the most staged destruction I've ever seen. Uh-huh. So, he makes it to the basement, finds Christy. The monster comes out of the barrel. Because at this point, Spike has a gun. He's got a little revolver. And he shot it like 17 times and never reloaded it. Right. And it's awesome. Uh, infinite ammo cheat. So... The monster, the tadpole monster comes out and it's got like a tail now with like a scorpion stinger on it and porcupine quills, Mm -hmm. which we find out about later. And if you shoot it, it's like this weird foamy acid blood orange orange stuff comes well, out. It's kind of, it. of a greenish color. I was thinking I got like alien vibes from yeah, it, that yeah. sort of yellowish green color. Uh-huh. Um so he punches through Taru's head, a la Demon Knight. Right. Like punches the back right off. And then disarms Spike. Uh Warren and Christy escape <laughs> the basement. They get chased by the Cretans through the school. The monster at some point escapes the basement and starts picking off the Cretans one by one. We left out an important detail here. And that's at some point, um, Warren and Eddie end up in their shop class where they have come upon this laser and they start fucking around with it. It was unattended. It was unattended. And they start playing with it and the teacher comes in there and is like, hey, don't mess with that. You know, it could basically it could really hurt somebody. Well, because there's a radioactive isotope in a high school chemistry lab. Right. Of course, Eddie's holding it like a giant penis. Yes. Because he's an idiot. Stifler with a perm. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's a chase through the school. Uh, Warren and Chrissy. Oh, God damn. People are going to get that wrong. They're going to think that his name really is Warren. Warren. Yeah. Anyway, Warren, Warren and Chrissy, they, they are getting chased around the school and the monster's picking them all off. They finally end up back in the, in the science lab and Spike's there. And he grabs Chrissy, tries to grab Chrissy. He's got the gun. He's like, he's going to kill some people. And the monster shows up. Well, the monster grabs him, curls it around his leg, and then uses the scorpion barb on the end of his tail to stab Spike in the dick. Yes. And then proceed to drag him by the dick. Yeah. 
That was the only that was the only kill in this whole movie that made me go, mm-hmm. that looks uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess that's that's kind of it. It dispatches Spike, grabs Chrissy, tries to pull her over. Warren grabs the laser, shoots it, and then the monster does some weird like Star Trek glowing shit. Uh huh. Because apparently, when you shoot a radioactive thing with a with a laser and it's going to explode, you get a magical like countdown timer. So like the faster it blinks, the closer it is to going off. Uh-huh. I guess. So they get outside in time to pass the uh, the reactor president he's like no it's all fine and he runs in there and then it explodes yes and that's that's it the school's blown up and, and everybody's happy and rejoices and they say the school's closed for remodeling and it'll reopen soon yeah but the school's gone yeah so you get like right before the credits roll bulldozers pushing shit around and there's another little fucking tadpole or it's the same one and it's not really dead no, it was a little tadpole oh was the it tadpole turned it into the big, big monster yeah, but did it have the porcupine quills? I thought I don't know. I, don't know. I just remember it having Either like a toxic face because one of the eyeballs was like yeah, droopy on the side. There's still a monster in the school. Yes. So <laughs> that's that's it. Oh my gosh. That's the movie. Okay, so normally we don't talk about the whole movie, so let's move on to the next. The bit. problem is, is if you've never seen it, you're gonna have no idea what we're talking about on anything else. Right. So I guess next it's acting is what we normally would cover, but I'm not sure if there was any. Well, okay, I I will say this. It is slightly better than the acting in The Toxic Avenger, but I don't feel like that's saying much because not all of the actors were bad. I feel like the uh, the actor who played Warren, he did he did pretty good. He did okay. He was but he was playing straight laced and not over the top, so right, right. maybe just because of that his performance didn't seem as bad. I feel like Robert Pritchard's portrayal of Spike would have actually been pretty at home in a Mad Max movie. Right. Wasn't I, terrible. Probably all the Cretans. I don't know. Gonzo, the guy with the the hoop in his nose uh, and yeah. the mouthpiece, his was a little his was too much. I can't believe I just said that. His was too much. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Pete was surprisingly subdued. Right. Compared to his role as Bozo uh-huh. in The Toxic Avenger. Yes. Although his acting wasn't better. Because no. he's got this thing where anytime he's delivering a line, he like stares. He doesn't look at the person he's talking to. He like stares into the middle distance. Like he's got the thousand yard stare while he says it. And there I just was, don't understand why. There was one moment and it was when Brant showed up in the alley to kill him in Beethoven. Wait, where, when, when who showed up in the alley? Uh, Warren. You just said Brant. Did I say Brant? Well, because yeah. that's his last name. Sorry. Um, he shows up and Pete kind of drops the overacting for like a split second. And he's like, hey, what's going on? And he's like completely normal voice, completely normal expression. And I was like, I'm starting to think maybe these people are being told to act horrifically on purpose they're just somebody standing off screen saying more 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 right as opposed to somebody telling doug bradley less do less right kaufman is over there like with a bullhorn screaming more cowbell yeah or whatever (laughs) yeah but other than that it's still the acting still horrible it is and it's what i expected yes it is the type of acting that i expected from this sort of film not knowing exactly how just how bad this movie was going to be, it the acting was still not anything that surprised me. Right. Um, there were still some of them that were funny. Like, I thought that Gonzo, even though his weird-ass laugh and stuff, it was still kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't, like, off-putting. It was, it was almost a, a good-bad sort of thing. Like, it's so bad that you're going to laugh at it because it's bad. Mm-hmm. But there were no stands out, standouts in this film. There's right. no one that I would point to and go, their acting was really good and they were surrounded by morons. No, no. It was just a bunch of cretins on screen. Yeah. 
take that as you will. <laughs> so special effects. Now that was one thing that didn't really let me down in this one. I felt like the effects in the Toxic Avenger were good. I felt like the effects in this one were pretty good, particularly uh, the burnt or melted body of Dewey at the beginning of the film after he jumps out the window, a la Melvin. It was good. Especially when like the eye opens right at yeah. the end, like right after he dies and that eye kind of opens up. You're like, that's pretty damn that, good. Yeah, that, that first thing, I mean, you can you can kind of tell where maybe budget started to run out and some of the effects kind of went back to being shitty. But if you're talking about something right out of the gate, that initial effect of that body just dissolving was pretty fucking good. I felt good about it. Um, I Somebody clearly had watched Troll because everyone was puking chlorophyll through the whole thing. Uh-huh. That I didn't get. It didn't look bad. I thought the effect of shooting it out their ears was interesting because you don't see that really mm-hmm. anywhere else. But mm-hmm. not disappointed with the special effects. No, no, I wasn't. If I... anything, that would be the standout thing that I would say that was pretty good. Again, for this type of film, I wasn't disappointed with yeah. it. Um, Score. I actually I really... I was not disappointed with yeah, the score. I actually really dug the score and it's mostly because... There really isn't one per se. It's more like they have a soundtrack kind of running throughout the film instead of your your um, typical score situation where it feels like they're just kind of playing a lot of rockabilly, punk, rock music through the whole thing. And I believe Biohazard did some of the music for this film too, which I thought was really cool. That's right, Jim. Biohazard <laughs> was... <laughs> I can't. But yeah, so, they got a legit band to do it this yeah, time. Yeah, so, so I thought that was really cool. That's that's kind of like having uh, Goblin do Suspiria. You know, it was just, it was a really cool thing. And so going through and kind of having these songs playing in the background, and there's a couple they play more than once, that I actually found myself kind of singing along in some of the scenes because... It was my third time to watch it before we recorded. And so I was at a point where I could start singing along with it. And so that added to the enjoyment of it, too. Yeah, this was the first one of these where I thought, this music's not bad. Mm-hmm. And it's not like really just bizarro lyrics. You right. You know what I mean? Well, Hearing the, the Biohazard song... do the Nukem High song was kind of like having the Ramones do Pet Cemetery. Right. The the song at the beginning, it does basically tell you exactly what's happening. You it, know, it does. It's kind of like the Randy Newman <clears throat> bit in Family Guy, left foot, right foot. <laughs> I'm just saying that, there's, that. A, there's a big difference between having, you know, a professional band. Uh huh. Like Biohazard or the Ramones, with real songwriters, write the lyrics, write the music, do the song. Uh huh. Then just having like the screenwriter go, I I think this is music, right? And throw some shit together because uh-huh. in some of these B movies, that's what you get. Um, there was one we watched not too long ago where it was like, yeah, they just made this shit up. It was um um the Christmas movie. What was it? Oh, uh, they couldn't get the license to use any real Silent Christmas Night, songs, Night. so they just made shit up, and you could right. tell they just made shit up. Right. Like these were not professional songwriters. These they just threw some shit together. So it was uh-huh. nice. It was nice. Okay. So moving on. What do we do next? Favorite kill? Favorite quote? Favorite scene? Yeah. So you starting or am I I'm starting? I'm starting. Okay. So I think favorite kill is not really favorite kill. It's favorite death, and I'm I'm gonna have to go with Dewey at the very beginning. Right. I think that was the one that was done the best. If I was gonna pick a second place, it'd be Taru getting her head punched through, kind of at the very end, because I feel like that one was okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just nostalgia because we just watched Demon Knight, and I was like, hey, I recognize that. Mm-hmm. Maybe Demon Knight got it from this. Who knows? I doubt it. Billy Zane doesn't copy anyone. He doesn't have to. He's bald no. and he's beautiful. It's fine. So, <laughs> um, favorite line and favorite scene. I don't know that I actually have any. 
I don't know that I could pick one. The lines, there's nothing that really jumped out at me. There was like just some weird ass dialogue. Uh-huh. And same thing with the scenes. The scenes were all so strange that I don't know that there's anything that just stood out. And I was like, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, that's it. That's all I got. What do you got? Uh, favorite kill also going to be Dewey. I thought that that set the tone for what we were going to get. Aren't our mamas the same? <laughs> um, they're not, just to be clear, they're not the same. You're right. There's not really something that I feel stands out as like a tried and true quotable line from it. But I will say that I did enjoy the part where Spike is speaking German and then kisses the woman and then says, I hope I'm not late. <laughs> so, yeah, that was pretty good. That was pretty funny. Um, my favorite scene, and I laughed way too hard when we were talking about it. My favorite scene is definitely when the little tadpole monster goes to scare the lunch ladies. Just the look on their face yeah. was priceless. So that's probably my favorite scene. Yeah, it's just, it's hard in movies like this that are, they can't all be snakes on a plane. Right. With Sam Jackson going, I'm tired of these motherfucking snakes right. on this motherfucking plane. Uh, where runner you got up, something that just stands out. Runner up for second favorite scene, I guess, is again, once the German teacher gets kissed and then she we cut to the bathroom and she's all making herself up. I, I enjoyed that scene. I thought it was really cool. So Okay. So, uh, did I have, did I, I did, I covered everything. You okay. covered it all. Good, 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 you got good. It all. Moving you got, on. You got ketchup on all of it. <laughs> the good stuff. So loved and hated. God damn it. Not all ketchups are created equal. We're, we're, this is a pillow How talk. How did we get to talking about that ketchup? Is a, that is a pillow talk conversation. We are not doing this right now, but if you want to have that fight later, we can have that fight. God damn it. They're not all the same. And I know that our listeners are going to back me on this. They are not all created the oh, no, same. No, they're not. I agree. I'm just saying. How are we talking about ketchup as much as we're talking about the movie? Because Kar- Taru was smearing it on herself. <laughs> That's where you're the one that said it was ketchup. It looked like it. Right, loved and hated. Let's get off this topic. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, loved. Uh, again, I think it's just. Like I said in Toxic Avenger, it's a double-edged sword in that the things that you love are the things that you hate at the same time. Because going through, I love his attitude about I don't give a shit what anybody else thinks. I'm making my own my own film. Like I said, again, that's that's maverick filmmaking at its finest, in my opinion. But so there's so many just the weird dialogue, the weird plot holes, inconsistencies. There's literally one character that just has tufts of hair glued to his face haphazardly and it makes no fucking sense. At least it's not Bugles. Right. <laughs> there's a music video. Well, I'm not. No. Uh, never mind. Yeah. Nobody's going to get that. Thanks. Um, anyway. <laughs> so those are the things that I love. But at the same time, those are also things that looking through today's lens that you can also hate because, you know, there are tons, again, tons of racist lines um, homophobic slurs, um, homophobic jokes, you know, like there, there's just one guy who's walking around with boobs and you don't know why. And then there's the bit with the girl peeing standing up. Um, so those are things that it's, it's it hurting old people. It's not necessarily funny, but if you look at it in terms of, okay, this is just over the top. It's not meant to be taken seriously. Then it is funny. I don't know. It, it's, 
I feel weird for saying that. So yeah, you loved and hated it. Loved and hated. So I'm kind of with you on the fact that I like it that Lloyd Kaufman just made the movies that he wanted to make. That he was just like, fuck it, I'm doing this. Because that attitude is how you get movies like Terrifier. I think that's why Troma has stood the test of time. Right. And why they're cult films. Because, I mean, Terrifier was kind of the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. Leon didn't have a budget. He was just like, this is the shit I want to do. And he did it. Mm -hmm. And that attitude's how you get movies like that that go on to be great. Um, This is not one of those that's going (laughs) to go on to be great. But, but it is a cult classic. People. I appreciate the Ooh. immense amount of testicular fortitude that it takes to do that, uh, to invest that much money. I'm sure because I'm sure it still wasn't cheap to do this. Um, you got to be you got to be brave. Uh, so I do appreciate that. That's probably it. <laughs> as far as hated, I hated the fact that they didn't stick with some kind of cohesive storyline. I feel like yes. it could have been so much better if they had just said, this is the story we're doing and we're going to kind of stick to it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was the only thing that kind of won me over on the Toxic Avenger was that there was sort of a plot. It was still more coherent than this one. Don't give me that look. <laughs> and and they did kind of stick to it. I feel like if they'd had a more... If they'd tied everything together better, then it would have been a better movie. Um, I feel like if there had been a director out there saying do less instead of do more, that probably could have helped. But at the same time, eh, that's kind of what these movies but, are intended yeah, to be. Yeah, would we be sitting here talking about it today if yeah. that were the case? Yeah. Well, no, we wouldn't be sitting here talking about this today <laughs> if I hadn't picked it. That's Let's be real. Um, this was my... This is an example of my poor decision making. <laughs> that's, right. That's what this is. Yeah, I guess that's it. I, the, the acting was pretty much what I expected. I just hate the fact that they, they the story itself probably could have been more cohesive. So, okay. final thoughts? Uh, I will say that I feel like trauma films are for a specific type of audience. If kind of splatter and gross out over the top silliness are your thing, those are your types of movies not to be make, made to be taken seriously, I would say absolutely seek it out in The Toxic Avenger, hell, any trauma film. Um, but for somebody who goes into these, you know, for genuine scares or, you know, something a little bit more serious, this is not going to be for you. It, it's just not. Um, so I can't in good conscience recommend this film to a cinephile, you know, a, a movie lover like myself. But if you're just looking to just laugh your balls off at something, then sure. So I'm kind of, it's a meh for me. Yeah. Yeah. I like dumb movies. <laughs> I do. I like dumb movies. If they can make me laugh, then I'm in because I'm a giggly bitch. And that's pretty much my thing. If they can make me laugh, then I'm then I'm in. This one didn't make me laugh enough mm-hmm. to be in. Having said that, I am aware that there are people out there that this is absolutely their jam. And God bless you. You just do it. Um, if that's if that's the type of movie you like. This just it's just not for me. Um, I would never recommend this to someone who is like going on about Dutch angles and shit because anybody who even knows we what that is. We should have went to the Fellini Festival. Yeah. Anybody who knows what that is is not gonna like this movie. <laughs> uh, it's just it's too over the top. It's too much probably for anyone who is a serious horror movie fan it's not it's not going to scratch the itch that they're looking for but for somebody that just likes gross out horror which is kind of what this is and from when i could tell the the trauma films just get worse as you go on that are just looking for like i'm gonna have a couple beers and watch a movie and laugh my ass off yeah it's probably a good time um it's probably not for me i'll probably never watch this movie again because it just didn't scratch that funny bone quite enough for me um 
Yeah, I don't know. I would have to really know the person before I would ever recommend this film to them. Right. Like somebody, if somebody was going on about how much they love Toxic Avenger, I would be like, okay, have you seen Class of Nukem High? You might like that one. Right. But if I'm like, have you ever seen the Toxic Avenger? And they're like, nah, I don't watch that shit. Then I'm not going to recommend them this movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, so Travis, marry, fuck, or kill Class kill of Nukem High. Kill it with fire. Wow, really? Kill it with fire. <laughs> yeah. They should have burned the reels and then buried them deeper so no one could dig them up. Wow. That's crazy. Listen, I'm not going to be stuck with this shit for the rest of my life. <laughs> and I don't want to have to chew my arm off to get out from under it in the morning <laughs> after you fucked it. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go fuck it. I'm going to fuck it. You just have no standards. Here's the which thing. Which is why you're married to me, but you have no standards. <laughs> Here's the thing. It's not one that's going to be in my regular rotation, so I can't marry it. But I could see maybe once every few years or something if I'm going, okay, I'm going to go in a trauma bender this week. You know, might be fun to revisit this. You know, kind of do a double feature with that and Toxie or something like that. I could see doing that maybe again. So I can't kill it because I don't know that I would never watch it again, but I can't marry it either because I don't think I'm going to watch it that often. So in the spirit of St. Patrick's Day, coming up guinness is a fuck with it right once a year i drink guinness to remind myself why i don't really care for guinness that much Mm -hmm. and i want to feel just slightly irish right hooray for cultural appropriation this is not even that (laughs) for me but i guess for you it's guinness right yeah let me try it on once a year and go "Mm, no (laughs) no no not so much yeah i guess so that's fair so, what are Travis, we doing next Travis week? did us a uh, dirty oh, I for his you pick. Up. So, I'm going to, despite everything I said at the beginning of this episode, I'm going to pull back the reins just a little bit, you, but still. You know I'm going to have to go with like Kabuki Cop if you do something <laughs> too serious. No, it's not going to be too serious. I'm still going to pull out of the cult classic grab bag here, but one that I would say is more beloved by the masses and yet still not quite talked enough as much as I think it should be in polite horror conversation. I'm going Fright Night. All right. Well, there's going to be sex after this episode. (laughs) Good choice. I'm kidding, but not really. No, I like that one. I like that one. Do you? Do you like that one? Yeah, you're so cool, Brewster. (laughs) Wait, wait. Okay, wait, wait. Let's back up the we're going to have sex later train here. Um, Are we talking about Chris Sarandon or are we talking about Colin Farrell? (laughs) We are talking Chris Sarandon. Okay, because if it's Colin Farrell, I'm throwing your shit out in the yard. (laughs) No. When you were were, um, talking about there's going to be sex later, I was like, with myself to Chris Sarandon footage? Oh, damn it. (laughs) No, I actually like that one. I'm kidding. That one's actually good. I can't handle the remake, though. The remake, to me, is another example. Um, You didn't need to remake it, but you did it anyway. I would say the only thing the remake has going for it is David Tennant, and that's about it. Other than that, I think that Fright Night's highly, highly underappreciated, and I I love it. I love it so much, and I'm really excited to talk about it. Yeah, I I think I can be, too. I had two other picks that I had kind of in the barrel ready to go, but I decided, you know, I think I'm going to stay in classic, cold classic territory, so. Yeah, no, good choice. Good choice. Thank you. It's better than this week's choice. Just rub it in. I'm a little afraid of what you're going to pick the week after. Oh, it's going to be so bad. (laughs) Hello, Uh, Samurai Cop. No, no, God, no. (laughs) Anyway, 
Thank you for listening to Dead and Married. I've been Ashley. I've been Travis. (laughs) Most of the time. Most of the time. (laughs) Take care, guys. Bye. What would you do to save the life of a teenage boy? If you subscribe to our Patreon for just $3 to $10 a month, you can get Aiden out of the industrial-sized hamster wheel we use to power our show. For that, you'll get access to bonus content and allow me to remove Aiden's handcuffs. He doesn't run worth shit with them on anyway. Also be sure to show your support on our social media pages. You can find us on Twitter as TravisL80 and SpookyMom83. Thank you for your consideration.